Find us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CosmicPotatoNetwork.com. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? You ready? I was born ready. Alrighty then. Hold on to your butt. For more than five years, they've been entertaining you with their discussions on classic films, Marvel, Star Wars, and more. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Now, in a time of gatekeepers and toxic fandom, they are waving the banner of inclusion, opening the conversation, and letting all perspectives be heard. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. Fascinating. Keep the change, you filthy animal. The following podcast was recorded during At Home Con 2020. Everybody's seen uh, Wonder Woman, right? Sorta. Because, I mean, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> I watched it today. And we're and uh, the, there. There are some parts that I will be able to speak to, but the whole thing is going. The whole movie seems kind of surreal to me, not because Patty Jenkins is a surrealist, trippy director, but because I wasn't necessarily conscious for everything. So, <laughs> so I have memories of scenes, but I don't necessarily have the connective tissue between them. Are you going to be okay with spoilers? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I saw the end. It's okay. just there's some there's some bits throughout the film that kind of got blacked out like like a redacted like a redacted file but <laughs> i got the i got the, the the main bullet points i know um you know how is chris pine in the movie i i know how that is i know how i know how and why cheetah is cheetah uh, i saw the 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 climax and the resolution of the film but it's just i don't have all the detail <clears throat> excuse me details in the middle and you have you seen the season finale of The Mandalorian? Yes. Okay, we're going to talk about that too. I had to disappoint my father because he was excited waiting for the next episode. And I'm like, what's the last thing you saw? And then he described it. And I said, was there a very special guest? And then he figured it out. And I said, yeah, that's the season finale, Dad. Yeah. There's there's yeah. no more coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you will get to see another episode in about a year. <laughs> Not until December. Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean Ray and this is a spur of the moment episode. Uh, I wasn't planning on doing another episode in 2020, but I decided to, uh, a day or so ago to to do um, a discussion about Wonder Woman 84 and the season finale of The Mandalorian. The and, uh, oh yeah, let me do that. <laughs> let me change the... Uh, but, you know, um, for all the live live watchers, yeah. <laughs> but I do want to warn: uh, we will be talking spoilers. I know that Wonder Woman eighty four is only in theaters in the UK, so if you haven't seen Wonder Woman eighty four and you haven't seen the season finale of The Mandalorian, then don't watch this. Get a VPN. Yeah, don't listen to this uh, podcast. Don't watch the rest of this stream because uh, I don't want to spoil things for you. But we're going to be talking about it as though 
we've all seen it, which we have. So to be fair, with Wonder Woman, to be fair, I I'm sorry, I don't know much of a spoiler <laughs> problem with that movie. There wasn't any like great surprises or anything. Well, there was. I, mean, I mean, you could tell from the very beginning of the movie where things were going. <laughs> I don't know if you guys watch. Uh, so it's the movie's fault. I don't know if you guys watch Letterkenny on Hulu, but I just, I, I just totally channeled. I'm sorry. Whenever somebody says "to be fair," everybody on the show goes "to be fair." <laughs> so anyway, um, let's talk about Mandalorian first, and this is going to be relaxed. I really don't have very many notes for this at all. This is just going to be—we're just going to talk about it. So, um, I, know, I didn't know we were talking Mandalorian too. So, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I just decided. I it, I decided that I decided that if everybody on had seen it, we'd talk about it. So, and everybody has. So. Um, Without going into the big reveal at the end, uh, what did you guys think of the episode before we got to that? Um, were you? It was fine. Yeah, I mean, it was a decent episode, but without that, it was just another episode. You know what I mean? In two in two seasons of The Mandalorian, there has only been one episode that I didn't like. Uh, and that was the the jailbreak one that kind of set up this one, which was fine. I think the the guy was Bilber. much better in this episode than he was in the original. He wasn't. Are, wait, 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 he wasn't. He was, he, are, did you watch the finale? Did you get a special guest showing up at the very end? Yes. Yeah, you're. It's not the same episode because Bill Burr wasn't in this episode. He was in like two episodes back. You talking about the the guy what, with the Boston accent? Dude, okay, wait. Wasn't the the all right, then maybe I'm confused. Wasn't the guy in the finale who got them in and and all that? Wasn't that the guy from the jailbreak episode? No, no. At the end of the one, he's the one who got them the location. He got them in, um, but the... he got them into another place like two episodes back. When the when when he took his when the when Mando took his helmet off to 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 sign into that computer, that was like two episodes ago. And then at the end of, and then at the end of it, they let him go. You talking about that? He wasn't in this episode. Anyway, <laughs> Boba Fett was in it. Yeah, Boba Fett was. Um, in it. They were on I'm, Slave One, and it I'm was like <laughs> I'm, I'm moving over to the private chat to see if I can uh, figure out who Rick is talking about. So you guys, I'm, keep I'm on talking going. about the bald dude, wasn't he? Bill Burr. Yeah, he wasn't in this episode. He was like his his no. he got really he he came in they had a big they had a big episode where he came in because they needed him to get them into that um that the uh, imperial facility imperial facility um and they got him in Mando uh took his helmet yeah. off so that he could sign into that computer and everything and then at the end of the episode they let him go but that wasn't the finale that was like two weeks ago but anyway all right. I believe you. <laughs> the, but this so episode let, had everybody sure. else in it. Yeah, the this is season finale. We had I well I, I don't know if people will consider the spoilers or not, but I think it's pretty light. We had, say for example, Katie Sackoff and someone else who dressed like Katie Sackoff coming back. The whole thing took place on a ship. You had a bunch of rock and sock and robots uh running around coming after the good guys. Mm-hmm. Is that sounding familiar? Did you see the Dark Saber battle? Yeah, we had the yes. uh, one one yeah, Carlos Esposito. I saw the whole thing. I guess I'm just I'm just kind of it's all blurring together in my mind. Yeah, so uh, so spoiler horns gone off. We're gonna just spoil this, right? Oh yeah, yeah. 
I'm very yeah. Okay, so cool. so so the episode opens up with them on Slave One, and uh, they go capture the guys, the doctor, clo- the clone doctor guys, uh, ship, and the troopers like I'm gonna kill him or y- y- you can't kill him, and good th- good riddance to Alderaan and Cara Dune just like that's my oh, home. Yeah. And shoots, shoots the guy him in the face. Yeah, and then the doctor's like, "Here, this is what's going on." He's he's very helpful. Every time he gets taken capture, he's very helpful. Yes. Uh, and then, so Slave One is attacking them, so they can act like they are under attack and fly into the docking bay. Um, and th- at that point, Boba Fett pretty much peels off when the when the doctor ship clogs up the launch bay tube and nice homage to Battlestar Galactica yeah I love that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and so then they and then at that point they're able to they're like okay us women we're going to storm the bridge we're going to kill that's uh, right okay yeah kill the uh or maybe not kill Moff Gideon and Mando you go rescue Grogu I don't women do get it uh, girls do get it done (laughs) (laughs) throwback to the boys season two there we go and then uh the women get to the bridge take it over moff gideon's not there he's with grogu uh for some reason katie sackoff is like bo katan's like nobody fights gideon but me because i have to win the dark saber in battle even though it was given to her yeah that's that's beside the point um and so and then mandalorian which none of that was really resolved because I guess they're setting up beginning of season three, you know, Katie Sackhoff has to fight Mando for the dark saber. King Mando. I like, I like the idea of King Mando. (laughs) Maybe they can just have like an arm wrestling match and you can throw it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love. Okay, I'm. I I may. By the way, folks, I remembered all of this. I just wanted to play the dumb guys so that you know y'all could get caught up. You know, we, we we had to recap it. I mean, I obviously Rick knows all of this. <laughs> I love I love Juan Carlos Esposito. Is it Juan Carlos Esposito? Is that his name? Um, Juan Carlos Esposito. Uh, oh, uh, Gideon. Yeah, he's yeah. amazing. Did you see his tweet about what uh. his daughters did to him? His oh daughter, yeah, yeah. His daughters said tweeted to him something like, "Don't you hurt that baby." And he don't, tweeted, "Don't you that, dare hurt that baby." I'm gonna crush that. <laughs> <laughs> um, now he's I've I've been watching him for years on uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Um, he's the one of the villains, like one of the big villains on that on that show. He always and and the boys. he always plays a villain. I think yeah, he's great I've on the boys. Him. But he uh, I've never seen Better Call Saul or or Breaking Bad. Revolution. Great. That seems like your kind of show. What? <laughs> Revolution, but was it any good? No, no, it doesn't. It, it was a bad sci-fi plot show that did not make it on network TV, but it was yeah. sure a lot of fun. Okay, but no, the, 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 the big and all so not in my wheelhouse. I'm not even remotely interested. But uh, I understand they're very well done. The, they are very the, well the, done. The, yeah. They are Breaking Bad. I mean, did, did you did you try Breaking Bad? I won't really make a push to to make you watch it, no, but not although. Even interested although it's not genre fiction the the scripting and the cinematography and the production value everything about the show uh, especially brian Cran- 
Brian Cranston's performances are so tight. I'm sure. I'm sure. Unless you have any specific triggers, you should, as a teacher, you should watch the first episode or two. And then if, if, if it doesn't, if it doesn't grab you, leave it alone. But it is a show that I rewatch. I have rewatched the entire series at least three times. On let, Netflix, let, let me, let me so. just, just, just to clarify things. All right. We I know I you understand. don't like, you don't like good television. I, we know. No, no, no. It's not that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like you know, everything you said, Scott applies to the Godfather. And I watched that goddamn movie and I hated every frame of it. And I could appreciate the craft of it and that everybody was did a magnificent job and it was two and a half hours of my life I'll never get back. I know what I I know what I will enjoy watching and what I won't. And I don't like the whole gangster, mob, villain, criminal. I and I know that's not what breaking I know what breaking bad is about. That's kind of, what, kind, of, kind of what Star Wars is too, but <laughs> but it's and and I and I, uh, I okay, and I will grant you during the whole run of Battlestar Galactica the reboot, there were times when I sat there and I said to myself, if this wasn't on a spaceship, I would not watch this. But there's something about putting it on a spaceship that makes it different for me, mm. and I I have had this okay, my. Uh, Sorry, folks. <laughs> I'm going to go off on one of my tangents. My friend Carol. Now, she and I have been friends since I was 16 years old. We dated. We we were together for a couple of years, and then we have been best friends ever since. And we have had this fight for almost 40 years now. Of I only want to watch movies that are science fiction that are that are uh, that are you know not real but i demand that my sci-fi and my fantasy be realistic and this drives her nuts and i to me it's not a conflict <laughs> but to the, i understand that it doesn't make sense from the outside um no you're right john i won't get any hours back but i wasted two and a half hours watching the goddamn godfather um my brother made me watch uh, uh and Goodfellas. i've watched the godfather like 10 times because <laughs> it's sure. one of my favorite i've never seen it i love it i don't understand it i don't get it i hate gangster movies i hate mob movies i hate prison movies i hate con- you know all of that stuff it's he hates just, movies i mean we could just simplify it a lot movies that don't involve spaceships and blowing up or making me laugh I mean, and, the, and, and, and you there's make a, a point. Plug, there's a plug for the Headgum podcast. We hate movies. <laughs> I mean, I mean they're, 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 you make a point because I don't like westerns, but I love Firefly. You throw a spaceship on it, exactly. Good. Yeah. So, all right, all right. So, John John brings up a point that I want to talk about. P- maybe some people consider her illegitimate leader because she didn't win it in a battle, and she was just given to her. I mean, they could they they could make that point, and that's fine. They can say whatever they want. It's their property. But it sure would have been a lot. I mean, this is, this is the secret to all of the, our fandom-based shows. They do whatever the plot demands they do. We need some We need some extra tension. You have to win the Darksaber in a battle. Uh, you can only be on the planet for a day before the radiation kills you. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's plot magic. Oh, our spore drive doesn't use dilithium and can jump anywhere we want at any time. Like, it's it, it's fine. And ultimately, I 
ultimately you have to be able to say, this is theirs. They chose these reasons. Yes, I'm a fan. Yes, I'm invested in it. But that doesn't mean I get to drive the ship. So, no, John, you're wrong. We've talked about this before. Uh, he, he's mocking me. He says, I don't like Westerns. Now let's talk some more about Mandalorian. Is the, uh, we, We've had this argument. Mandalorian is a samurai film. Uh, very much uh, illustrated by the episode of the Jedi or the seven sa- the one that they did the seven samurai. I mean, it's just yeah, it's, well. To be fair, to be fair, at least um, <clears throat> at they, least these first two seasons, the Mandalorian has been Lone Wolf and Cub. There has there have there it, were it a screamed that from the beginning for me. Yeah, there were a lot of westerns that were based on samurai films. Exactly. So. Exactly. Um, so people are just aren't taking it far enough back if they're saying it's a western. <laughs> but yeah, and I've but I've never watched a samurai film, so I couldn't tell you. I've <laughs> I've seen a documentary that uh that, that shows like the evolution of samurai films into westerns like uh uh I want to say Fistful of Do- Fistful of Dollars is pretty heavily based on a uh Samurai film that that I can't tell you the name of it. I don't know. Um, But it's also been remade a thousand times into other things that are not Westerns as well. So, Um, but anyway, the other um, Mandalorian that's with uh, Katie Sackhoff, is that supposed to be the girl from Rebels? Yeah, Bo-Katan, it's one of the Death Watch. No, I mean the the other one, not her, the the one that's with her. Is that Bo-Katan's uh, uh, companion, whose name I forget? Is that the girl from Rebels? I can't remember her name. Is it Sabine? Not is it not Sabine? Sabine was the captain, right? No, no, Sabine. Sabine was the girl from Rebels who was on the ship with Ezra Bridger. She's younger. She had the spray painted esque helmet. Oh mm-hmm. yes, yeah. Um. Is that I was wondering if that was supposed to be the same character. I don't know. I, one thing that I have determined is that before Mandalorian season three comes back, I need to watch Clone Wars because I've never watched it. I watched the first episode, the one that was released in the theaters. Uh, I watched that one, but I never watched the series because I didn't have cable when it was on. And uh, sorry, or when it, Clone when Wars is hard. If you're looking for something to binge during the uh, pandemic, great. That's fine. Watch it. It's like the first three seasons are pretty terrible, or two seasons are pretty terrible, and then it slowly builds up. I would say maybe watch, I don't know, pick out, maybe we can pick out the Mandalorian episodes for you, because I feel like those are going to be important. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It seems but, a lot of like a lot of Clone Wars stuff is coming back in this. Uh, I think Rebels, Rebels might be more important to you than... Clone Wars, and I feel like Rebels was a better show. Overall. And I've seen, I've seen the first, especially, first three seasons of Rebels. I just haven't finished it. Especially if anyone's planning on watching uh, the Ahsoka series, probably going to want to go back and watch Rebels, which I have not seen, but I feel like I should because that one episode of The Mandalorian that featured Ahsoka Tano uh, had her uh, asking with Thrawn. Yeah, whatever that villain was that she was fighting, she asked her, "Where's Grand Admiral Thrawn?" And I said, "Oh, okay. So I guess I'm watching Rebels before we." start of her series yeah because he's obviously going to be a fixture in her show so let me uh so let's talk let's talk about the big thing that happened so that we can get into our wonder woman discussion because i'm i'm, yep. I'm on a i got a heart out to for this episode um so we see an x-wing 
show up. And as soon as we saw that X-Wing, I knew who it was. <laughs> and uh, I, I had... I, it was Mr. I had, Kim. <laughs> I had three guesses when, when I saw the X-Wing show up. What were your other two? Um, uh, either that... I. I remember having three. Now I had to remind myself what they were. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I, the fact that it's an X-Wing fighter lends to a particular guess that it, it did end up being, but I didn't think that was necessarily uh, a given that if you see an X-Wing, it means that it's this person. It could be, could be anyone. So maybe Ahsoka has an X-Wing and she decided to come back and make another appearance to, to help out. Um, and when it turned out not to be her, the other thing I wondered is, um, could it be without any real indication that he was going to show up? There was a part of me that was expecting Ezra. That's, that yeah. was my thought originally. Well, the um, so the episode where Grogu was taken, which was the the first time that Boba Fett showed up on the on the series, um, Mando took him to this temple and put him. Uh, because Ahsoka told him to put put him on this thing, and then a Jedi will show up. But she didn't say how long it was going to take, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, because, and she said might. She didn't say will. Well, yeah. But, well, so I, I guess that's what brought Luke there. But you know, he finally did show up. If you if you think about who Luke is at this time, it's after it's after Empire. He's at the height of his Jedi powers. He's got Jedi? yeah yeah. He, he's 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 trying to rebuild the order. He's trying to find everyone. It only makes sense that he's the one who's going to answer the call of "I'm a Jedi, come help me." Um, it makes sense that he's going to take a youngling and try to train him. Um, it, I I don't know if you guys noticed this at all, but the the framing of the shots with Luke taking Grogu was the same as in the flashbacks we got. Of the Mandalorians rescuing Jin, Din, Din Djarin, the Mandalorian. No, I so, didn't notice that. It, no. they, they, they are very, like, Star Wars is really good about giving you subtle hints on what they are basically alluding to through a lot more than your script and your dialogue. Yeah. You have to, you have to also listen for music clues cues and listen or and watch for framing and pacing and blocking and stuff like that when it's being made well by talented people yes i agree Uh, i I would say i would say the prequels and the sequels also had that uh there was a little less of that in the original trilogy but i think that's because they were flying by the seat of their pants there was it was still there but i don't think it was as on purpose Mm -hmm. I, i will give you that luke that that is the kind of thing that lucas excels at Lucas is very, very good at the tech side of things. Where he sucks is the dialogue and the, <laughs> storytelling. The, the, the storytelling. Yeah. Um, John John says that he thought it might have been Obi Wan, but Obi Wan would have been dead at this point. And he said, he, "Force ghost." He was kind of hoping that it might be Mace Windu as well, but then he he saw the green <laughs> lightsaber and the uh, and the gloved hand. Yeah, when I saw the gloved hand, I pretty much lost all hope for it. Yeah, the, the, yeah, I, I started. I was, I was crying too hard at that point. <laughs> I, I was expecting Ezra. I had heard, you know, every, there, there was the talk of casting Sebastian Stan as, as, uh, as Luke, and 
They still may do I that. Thought, That's, they're still talking about that because he could come back yet. next season. Yeah. But I, I was expecting that that was all talk for later seasons. Um, I was not in any way expecting Luke to be the Jedi that showed up. I really thought they were setting it up for Ezra. Um, then Mark so Hamill kind of spoiled I realized, it. I, when the X-Wing came in, I was like, no. And then we saw the hooded figure, and I'm like, no. And then we see the gloved hand, and I'm like, no. And then the, the green lightsaber, I'm like, god damn it, it's Luke. And my wife was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that's fucking Luke. Sorry. See, but the Mandalorian has been so <laughs> good at, at throwing us off the trail. Yeah, they, exactly. So I was like, I think that's Luke, but I'm not going to exactly believe it until I see it. Like uh-huh. because they because the Mandalorian is the directors have been so bad, or bad at <coughs> making us believe one thing and doing another. Um, another hint that it was Luke though is that Peyton Reed directed, and Peyton Reed uh, did all the de aging, directed all the de aging stuff in Ant Man, hmm. uh, with Kurt Douglas. I didn't know that. Um, now, Kurt Douglas, a lot of that was just in makeup because Kurt Douglas's makeup guy is really good. Yeah. But he all. I'm pretty sure you're talking about Michael Douglas. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> because, I mean, there's only so much you can do with de aging when it comes to Kirk Douglas because he's yeah. kind of older than shit. There's a whole, there is a whole uh, <laughs> specialization towards that. Yeah. I, I will admit, I was, I was stunned to see a CG Luke. I was, I, I, that took me by surprise. And well, only his face I, I was CG, it. but that, that was an actor standing oh. there. They, they yeah. CG and, and and Mark Hamill did the voice. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's still, I that was that part of it surprised me. I I, I don't get why they didn't do a deep fakes. Like they didn't use just the straight up deep fakes technology. Yeah. They used the technology from one of their games. Yeah, which is like on my five year old computer, I can do some pretty insane. Which is why I really hope that we they don't carry this on because for for the couple of scenes we saw was fine. If they want to make this a character, that's going to hurt. Yeah, I don't I don't see this being something that they can do um, a lot of because it's just it looked good, but there was still a little bit of uncanny valley. Uh, it, 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 it's very hard. To, anytime that they do this, we have the same discussion. It looked good, but it just wasn't quite right. Like mm-hmm. I watched Rogue One again over the over the holiday, and you know, Grandma Tarkin, he he looks good, but it's just not quite there. You know, he's not. He doesn't look like a real person. Uh, and that's the same thing that I was thinking with uh with Luke here. So, but at that point, I don't think any of us cared because they got it. They, they they brought him back and the fight scene was just so good. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's right. That's why the Empire stopped using droids because Jedi could tear through them like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. I, I liked the, the side-by-side comparison that I saw someone put online of uh, Luke Skywalker cutting his way through the Dark Troopers and Darth Vader cutting his way through the hallway of, of Rebels uh, at the end of Rogue One. That scene they, was yeah. the price of admission to Rogue yeah. One. <laughs> yeah, I, they would show a you know a, a few seconds of Darth Vader taking out uh, rebels, and then switch to Luke taking out dark troopers. There's a lot of of uh, shared DNA between those two scenes, and it's if like they, family resemblance. Yeah, if if they didn't do it on purpose, then it's a really happy accident the way that they staged those two uh, uh, rampage scenes. 
Two can, questions. Can we just pause for a second? Go ahead. Sean, what's your heart out for tonight? 10 30. I, I, I got to stop at 10 30. 10 30 oh, hits. So we, yeah. so we still have, we still have. Yeah, yeah. We still got a half an hour. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I want to get into Wonder Woman, but I got two questions before we, before we do. Uh, number one, as good as it was to see Luke, it was also good to see R2. But did R2 react to Grogu the way that he did just because he's a, he was like, oh my God, it's a freaking baby Yoda? Or was it because, uh, R2's the one that saved him from Order 66, and he was just happy to see I remember him. you from when I w- from when we were at the Jedi uh, temple. Yeah. Because they were there at the same time. Yeah. And R2 never had his memory banks wiped. <coughs> and, I, I, you know, the whole droid thing is uh, one of the hardest pills to swallow for Star Wars because it changes with the convenience of the plot. Uh, the, I, I think it's handy that R2 does not speak in a language we can understand so that we don't know what R2 knows. Uh, you know, there were times when 3PO, when with 3PO, it was like, if you were really that, you should know this. I'm and- sorry, I can't translate Sith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and droids are only... Uh, the the droids that have been reprogrammed always seem to be sentient, but the droids that still work for the Empire or whatever, they're very robotic. Control bolts, you know. Well, no, there was so. was it Rogue One where the 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 K two S O gave them away. K two S O had been reprogrammed. That's what I'm saying. No, there was there was a, a, a it was a, a an astromech droid like a, a black R two. That oh there well there 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 have been several of them, but they have. Uh, the control bolts. The yeah. Empire uses basically slave the, collars on them. The, the restraining bolts. Restraining, yeah. restraining bolts, thank you. Yeah. Um, my other question... I don't know. Go ahead. The droid thing in Star Wars is very, very plot malleable. And yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's a little frustrating. Well, and we're the only ones who don't understand them. Luke understands R2 perfectly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would love to see Chopper show up in, in a live action. <laughs> my other question is, did Kylo Ren kill Grogu? No, the Knights of Ren did. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, Kylo, yeah, he, he led that attack that killed all of the students at Luke's little school was Grogu there. and uh, I, mean, I mean, Order 66 killed all of the Jedi, correct? Except for, oh, every except for Luke. Them. Or except for Ahsoka, and except for Ezra, and except for Kanan, and except for the random Jedi Temple Guard. Yeah. <laughs> and except but, for Obi-Wan, and except for this. So don't see the body <clears throat> They're not dead. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they all were killed does not mean they all were killed in Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my view of it is I, you're going to have to see it this way with with the degree to which the the general public at large has just fallen absolutely head over heels for grogu which i don't necessarily understand because it's not like he really did much in the series he's just soul oh, sir oh look he's the cute part and sure i'll agree he's cute but I don't find myself, you know, just slayed by his aw shucksness. 
Do you know yeah. how many yeah. Grogu's we have in this house right now? He is freaking adorable. He's <laughs> oh, marketable. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's why people gonna... love him because he is so marketable. And I get that, but I don't find him to be, you know, I don't find him to be exceedingly compelling as far as being a character, but he's cute. Yeah. And I'll grant him that. And because he's so cute and so many people have fallen in love with him because of the cuteness, yeah. then they will find a way to explain that he was not at the new Jedi temple when the Knights of Ren decimated them. He will have been somewhere else because if there's any, any indication that that character doesn't matter how far down the road that that character was killed People are going to riot. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, we don't know that the show is even going to go that far into the timeline. But um, I don't know. It's just, so, it's just speaking of timeline, I, I, I do want to point out that this uh, Mandalorian takes place about 9 ABY after the Battle of Yavin. Uh, the Wait, Force Awakens. Is that a thing or did you just make that up? It's a thing. It's oh, a thing. Uh, yeah. uh, in, in Star <laughs> Wars, the times are BBY and ABY ap- before okay. the Battle of Yavin and after. The Battle of Yavin. Um, it's the so it takes place nine years. Force Awakens takes place thirty four years after the Battle of Yavin. So it, we're talking twenty five years here. Say it took Ben. He had been Kylo for let's say three years before that. So we're talking, or just to make math a little easier, we're talking about twenty years. Yeah, a lot can happen in twenty years. He could graduate from the academy and be off exploring his own stuff. And he's a species that lives for at least 900 years, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonder Woman 1984 uh, released on HBO on Christmas Day. HBO Max on Christmas Day. And, alright, I will, uh, I'll 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 give my little spill here, and then we'll kind of get what you guys uh, thought of it, but I, when I liked the movie, I really liked it, but there was a lot in the movie that just didn't do it for me. So I, I thought, for one thing, I thought this movie was too long. I thought yeah. that yes, um, I thought that the whole storyline with Cheetah didn't even need to be in the movie. They could have cut that whole thing out, and the movie oh. still would have worked. Uh, Kristen Wiig was okay, but that the villain arc that she went through in this movie has been done. <laughs> so many times. And I get that this movie was supposed to be playing on tropes because it was set in the 80s, but I didn't feel like they were playing on the tropes. I felt like they just did the tropes, you know. And um I mean, I'll I'll talk about some other stuff as we as as we go along, but overall, I give the movie probably a B. I was entertained by it. I did like the movie. If I had paid admission to go see it in the theater, I wouldn't have been disappointed. But uh, there was not enough Wonder Woman, <laughs> and it was like it was it was Diana, and not Wonder Woman. Uh, there were there were a few scenes at, at the beginning, and then there was one in the middle, and then and then finally at the end, they did some they did a lot of Wonder Woman, but I wanted a lot more, you know, if you know what I mean. But this is something I've said multiple times on various shows, so I apologize if it's a repeat. But maybe growing up in the 70s and watching and and the live action superhero shows we got in the early 70s kind of kind of set me up for this. Um, oh, I, I 100% agree with you. You know, we we had Wonder Woman. We had the Hulk. 
we had Electra Woman and Dinah Girl, we had Isis, we had Shazam, and all of those shows were like two-thirds the mild-mannered alter ego of the superheroes, and at the very end, we would get two minutes of it's the actual It's because CG didn't exist in the same way. Oh, yeah. Um, so that part didn't bother it. Well, it, it, I, I wouldn't say it didn't, but bother you're also me, the same it, guy that said that you wouldn't watch Smallville because you don't care about Clark Kent. You want to see Superman. And, and I'm, I agree <laughs> because there was never Superman in Smallville until the end of the goddamn series. Um, but while I noticed it, it was like, I could really do with some more wonder woman and a little less Diana. I think having that, that, being set in 1984 while ultimately really didn't have a whole lot of bearing on the, on the movie. I will grant you that just the cold war stuff at the end with the missiles and all that. That's that's yeah. It it had a ton of bearing on the movie because they spent so much time examining the (coughs) eighties. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You know what? I will give you one thing about this, about this movie, as far as the, the, the being set in the eighties, it was realistically the eighties instead of just everybody wearing wham, sweatshirts and neon colors it was (laughs) i you know i lived through the 80s the 80s was my time that's when i was in college that's when i you know i graduated from high school in 1982 so my decade was the 80s you know we all have that decade where we were we that we most identify with well so i i think you're, you're making a point here but patty jenkins her formative years were also in the 80s mm-hmm and I think that I think that it shows. Yeah, I think it, it I think. Nice. Go ahead. Well, I, I think that it shows in the fact that she spent more time paying homage to the '80s than she did to Wonder Woman. You're not wrong. You're not and wrong. you know, I feel like a lot of the things in the movie were setting it up to be like, oh, and it's probably not just Patty Jenkins. Probably the writers. It's a generation in Hollywood right now. Um. And that's fine. It happens. You you look and see the inspiration for all these different movies. That's how it is. Uh, generations who are in control make the decisions. Uh, Patty Jenkins went through a lot of work to get an invisible jet. You didn't need to do that, but they wanted an invisible jet because mm-hmm. Wonder Woman and her invisible jet. Patty Jenkins went through a lot of work to make it so that she could fly. And it's like... She's a superhero. Just tell me she can fly. She can just make things invisible. Why can't she just fly? Like, they they spent a lot of time explaining things that they didn't need to explain. Uh, giving Steve uh, Trevor a, a tour of the 80s. I'm like, I was watching that scene. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is the 80s. I can see that. <laughs> I didn't sign on to watch a movie about the eighties. I signed on to watch the Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. Shadow yeah. Water. And there was just way too much like, hey, this is oh, I forgot to tell you about radar. Oh, here's an escalator. It's like, okay, man out of time. Got it. Pa- just, par- parachute pants? Yeah. Is everyone the, parachuting now? And then the, the you know, even my wife was pointing out and say, Well, just turning the jet invisible is not gonna disguise them from radar. And I said, Well, yeah, but they're invisible because of magic. So yeah, that I, I gave that one a pass. It, it wasn't just a visual thing. I found there to be a conspicuous lack of cocaine for this being such an eighties movie. <laughs> but Pedro um, Pascal's no. nose was bleeding a lot, so uh, yeah, that's true. I was going to say I never did coke in the eighties, but 
Then I remembered that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> now, Statue of Limitations, I'm sure. <laughs> right. Now, going back to... Though. Going to not, not quite the beginning of the film, but the first the first scene that we get that's set in the 80s. And Wonder Woman is, like, skipping around town, saving people from different things, like the, the jogger from the... Uh, from the jerks in the sports car, yeah. um, the woman who goes over the uh, the railing for the wedding pictures, things like that. Did anyone else get uh, uh, Superman vibes from that? I did yeah, very much. I think, I think it was, was a purpose, lot of yeah. Superman vibes in this. Yeah, film. the 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 Donner. Uh, well, actually, no. It'd probably be more uh, more the the Lester uh, Superman two opening with heck i mean superman lost his i mean wonder woman lost her powers yeah yeah i mean well, she started to yeah yeah um, started to i mean it's it they played on that trope they played on they, they, there was and maybe that's the maybe that's the problem i had it was kind of a meh superman movie uh they used not superman wonder woman like wonder woman's a completely different character she's a whole lot less punchy than superman but Sure, at the end of the day, like she's going to deliver some punches. You know, she's she... part of the thing that's so cool about Wonder Woman is she is one of the strongest superheroes out there, but she doesn't rely on her brute force to do things very often. And yes, she resolved the film using not brute force, so that was a plus sign, but there was still a whole lot of brute force from Wonder Woman that, like, uh, that's just, that's just not the. I'm not going to say that's not Wonder Woman because that is certain versions of Wonder Woman. It's just not the ones that I feel like are usually the best ones. That's probably well, the I thing. Say that because I was exactly the op. It, it, it's funny. Like the the two things that y'all said, I'm exactly the opposite on. Uh, I would have I could have really done with a lot less. Max Lord was that his name? Max. Yeah, Max yeah. Lords, who is your B level, C level Lex Luthor. I, I really was sick of him halfway through the movie. I wanted a lot more Cheetah than we got. I thought um, you were going to say cocaine, but okay, but we'll Ma- go with but Max I, was I, so. But okay, Max well, was the plot was, was Max. Me up, I hated it. They couldn't. Uh, <laughs> they, they could not edit Max out of the movie and still have a movie, but they could edit Kristen Wiig out and still have a movie. I know, but they they I, I know that the way it was set up was that Cheetah was created because of Max Lord. I really could have done without Max Lord at all. I hated his character. I hated his performance. The whole sit that that whole setup was just stupid. I was when I when I was watching it, I thought to myself, I really think that what they're trying to do is not is is trying to go the Marvel route. Because Marvel never took a beloved character and created a movie about them. Marvel took their B and C level characters and in Gar- case of Guardians, much less, and they and they made a movie about them. I feel like that's what they did with Maxwell Lords, because then when they tried it with Lex Luthor and tried to make any changes to Lex Luthor, everyone freaked out. Now, granted, they made stupid changes to Lex Luthor, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if he wasn't if <clears throat> if he wasn't called Lex Luthor, we've been like, oh, here's a villain. Yeah. You know, he would have been a fine villain, but just a terrible Lex Luthor. Maxwell Lords, people don't really know him well enough to be like, that's not Maxwell Lords. Well, the powers that they gave him in this movie were not the powers he had in the comic. I mean, in the comic, he right. could like influence people's thoughts and stuff. And this mm-hmm. was he can grant wishes, like he's a genie or something. 
See, um, I, I had no, I, I've never read a Wonder Woman comic in my life. So, like with like with the Marvel movies, I came into this tabula rasa. The only thing I know about Wonder Woman is what we've seen in the previous movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Max Lord, you know, he was in uh, 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 Supergirl, right? Uh, yeah, he was in the in the first season of Supergirl. He's not Be necessarily a Wonder like with her. Right, he's not a Wonder Woman villain per se. He's a he's a Justice more League of a, villain. Yeah, yeah, Justice League slash DC villain. And and to to what Brandon was saying about Wonder Woman not being a a punchy character, um, she she solves problems not necessarily with brute force, which is a change of pace from uh, the last time we saw Wonder Woman fight Maxwell Lord in the comics when she turned his head 180 degrees. <laughs> like I said, that's not. Every Wonder Woman, like what I like, is not every version of Wonder Woman. See, I there's been a lot of writers on it. Who is much more familiar with the comic <clears throat> than I am? Because I really felt they leaned, they, they leaned into the Wonder Woman doesn't hurt anyone unless she absolutely has to. A little too hard in this movie. They spent a little <laughs> too much time showing us that everybody she fought ended up falling harmlessly into water or getting pushed aside. She didn't like leave anyone damaged even though she went through dozens of henchmen and stuff well, they like spe- that. Well, they spelled it out, especially towards the end, that she was not wanting to hurt them because they were well, not I under- I working that, on their own volition. This was the discussion my wife and I had. She didn't understand the question I was asking. I was asking, in the comics, was it this obvious? Were, were, did, did they keep showing close-ups of henchman safely set off to the side just a little bit bruised as opposed to like in in the original tim burton batman movie where he killed dozens of people doesn't kill and maybe and maybe my complaint is a bit is one of those complaints is like well if i watch it again and without any preconceived notions i probably would take it like you did and say you know what compared to every other superhero she doesn't kill anyone And and, and what my wife said was that was a big thing in the 80s comics was, you know, like Spider-Man was always like hanging them up by webs and leaving them was injured. And and that was what I wanted to know was, was this a... Well, they had a a comics code where they couldn't, they really couldn't be violent (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that lasted all the way through the 80s uh, until the 90s when you could pretty much do whatever you wanted. (laughs) Yeah, they, but... They they would push that and violate that you know pretty much any time they wanted. It was only when something got really egregious, or it wasn't so much about trying to keep things nonviolent as it was trying to keep things away from hot button issues like something drugs. Yeah, something surprisingly violent could happen in in a comic, and the comics code authority would be like, okay. But then you say, all right, so we're gonna have a a story about this sidekick being a drug addict. They're like, "Uh, no, can't do that. So they decided to leave the seal off. I really do want to say, you know, what we, you know, when we do these shows, we pick things apart. That's what we do. That's kind of the backbone of this show. I enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, I didn't get to watch it all the way through in one sitting. We had to, we, we, we had to uh, watch it in two, over two nights. Um, And I really wanted to go back and watch it again all the way through. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I didn't, there were no moments where I was like, oh, geez, but which, you know, has happened in so many comic movies. Uh, and I agree, I agree with what John said. Um, you know, DC seems to be doing comic movies 
as opposed to Marvel's doing superhero movies. Um, I think Gal Gadot is wonderful as Wonder Woman. Um, I liked the fact that it wasn't just punching that won the day. Um, you know, I had some problems with kind of the Spider-Man-esque way she was using her, her lasso, but I was, I've been informed that that's from straight from the comics. So, you know, swinging from lightning and stuff like that. I got a kick out of the Superman homages when she was learning to fly, uh, that were relatively subtle. Yeah. Uh, You know, all things considered. Uh, I think they could have worked in a shot of Cavill, like, you know, one or two shots of her remembering him flying and yeah, um, using to, to show us that she's thinking of him while she's teaching herself to fly. But this is 1984. Yeah. Cavill hasn't hasn't met him yet. yet. She hasn't met him yet. Oh, that's right. That's before. Okay. My best. So, okay. So that, so that's one of my nitpicks with this movie. It doesn't affect this movie. It affects the universe though. Like wonder woman, like nobody knows who wonder woman is and who these, who these superheroes are in until we get to like Batman v Superman, Batman, the Justice League, stuff like that. But she's running around saving malls full of people. Yeah. Like that was a like cool scene and I liked that. Yeah. They keep talking about like she's this mysterious character, like she just started being Wonder Woman. She's been around for forty years. Yeah, she's she she's a little too high profile yeah. uh, in this movie, but it's good. I did not like the end of the movie because and there were some parts of it that I liked, but the fact that the bad guy basically turns into the Grinch and his heart grows three sizes and that's why he stops and then everything just goes back to normal that I didn't like that. (laughs) I didn't mind it. A lot of times I, I feel stuff like that is, is really contrived, but I thought they set up that he, you know, that he loved his son even, you know, uh, uh, above all else pretty well. So it it didn't feel too manipulative when it happened. Um, so Steve just kind of quantum leaped into some guy's body, right? And he, yeah, that whole thing was and silly. Then she, but and then she had sex with him, and he was using someone else's body unconsensually. <laughs> it's the same problem I have when I watch Quantum Leap. It's and the eighties; they don't know about that stuff yet. And, and when I watch Quantum Leap and Sam has sex with people, but he's having sex with people as someone else, and they don't know it, I'm like that's kind of rapey. <laughs> but um, okay, let, let me let me ask you a question. <laughs> if you had a chance <laughs> to sleep with Gal Gadot. <laughs> Whether you were in your, whether it was your body, you know, your, your person. All right. I'm not making any sense. I'm sorry. No, we all know what you're going to say. And the answer. And and we all know what the answer. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't. I think we can fill in the blanks. And and my answer is going to be, um, is is Sherry watching this feed? (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't talking about him. I was talking about her because she, that's somebody else's body and you know it. <laughs> but anyway, um did you guys did you guys notice the title of the book, the the bum that uh Kristen Wiig's character gave the meal to yeah. was reading? Yeah, that's right. Uh-uh, waiting I for Godot. I didn't. Oh, no, waiting for didn't. No, I didn't see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I, because... I I really need to rewatch the movie. I only got the chance to see it the one time and it wasn't all all The Linda Carter cameo now. I love that. It oh, dude! I, I only ended up seeing about half the movie myself, but uh, it wasn't the first half, and it wasn't the second half. It was just 
bits and pieces throughout because, and Rick, you were, you were away from the chair on this, but uh, <clears throat> the reason I was late to the first podcast, cause I had fallen asleep that started during the movie. <laughs> so I would, I would well, be the- watching the movie and then all of a sudden I, I look up and, and uh, Diana and Steve are apparently on the other side of the world in the desert following Max Lord and an oil guy. I'm like, how the hell did we get here? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the whole movie was just so, oh, so we're back. Such a slow build <laughs> that when we got to that scene where she does Wonder Woman stuff on that convoy, I'm like, finally, <laughs> we're getting some superhero stuff in the superhero movie. And that was like an hour <laughs> in. There, there could be a good 10 or 15 minutes cut out of this movie and it would probably work oh, a lot better. 30 minutes. At least. At least. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Can, can I, we just, ha- I, I want to know, can we have a superhero movie that is not world ending level villains? It, I would have loved if Wonder Woman was just straight up a, hey, I'm sneaking around doing good works kind of a thing uh and here's one people part- from cars and here's one particular bad guy that needs some particular attention yeah there's a spider-man but, the but, spider-man but movies it. are like that you know spider-man movies are not are not world ending villains and far from home so. well the first okay homecoming homecoming was <laughs> i you know i agree with you to to an extent um but i do like the fact that they the world remembers what happened they didn't do the total reset at the end that they you know they they endangered the whole world and yes i agree with you it would be really nice i i love it when the stakes are smaller yeah um and and much more self-contained like it just seems too easy for her to leave trevor behind like I, i i get that we built up to it but then finally she's like okay we'll see you later by the and, way, the dolphins cool. Yeah, until <laughs> until Wonder Woman uh, 1994, when they find a reason, a way to bring him back again. <laughs> but, was I or the his only, did, or his yes, grandson? Staying on on Steve Trevor for a second, and though I will say, uh, Brandon, I don't I don't think I necessarily agree that she let him go so easily. I was impressed. Yes, I understand. I was sleepy, but. I was impressed with the level of emotion that Gal Gadot brought to that scene of having to say goodbye to him uh, and, and it being difficult. And it sounds like John agrees that it was, it was hard for her. I, I think that they played that as sufficiently difficult to do before she, before she went off, but um, uh, still focusing on, on Steve, the reason if they make another sequel to wonder woman, the reason I don't think they're going to be bringing him back was I the only one that thought that Chris Pine looked very remarkably older than he did in the previous movie? Because he is. Well, yeah, I know, but they could have done something to make him look closer to the age that he was in the last movie. But And not just that he looks older, but he is starting to look old. Maybe, maybe it was the makeup. They had maybe blown, the they had maybe blown they, their budget on, uh, on making it look like the 80s. <laughs> it, it's because Gal Gadot's fantasy Chris Pine is a little bit older, graying at the temples. Is so a bit of a silver like, fox. And he's, yeah, so I mean, she at this point, she's pretty old herself. Um, can I just say, I would watch Themyscira Ninja Warrior like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that opening scene was fantastic. I like that. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, and then when she slid through the through the drainage pipe, you know, I told my I told my wife, I was like, "Yep, she's cheating. 
she's gonna get busted. Well, and I love that they called her out on that. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, she, I, you know, I enjoyed that too. I, I I'm I love the universe that they built for for Wonder Woman. I like the positivity of it. I like the fairness of it. I like the morality of it because you know we're 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 living in a time where especially Marvel and I I this is not a criticism. I've loved all the Marvel movies. Um but we're we're at a time where everything has to be gritty and dark and 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 gray. And Wonder Woman is none of that. And I love that about her. And I love that the movie the movies that they've done so far have not caved into this modernization of this character. She is unre- unwaveringly moral. And, you know, I grew up with Superman has always been my favorite superhero. I've made no, no bones. Just not Clark that. Kent. <laughs> <laughs> Clark Kent is a, is a costume. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's something I've, I've, uh, I don't remember who said it, but it was like, you know, as opposed to every other superhero in, in the world, Clark Kent is the fake part of Superman. Clark Kent is the, is well, this, the this would be a whole other podcast, but Clark, yeah, 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 Superman I'm, has three personalities, Clark Kent. You yeah. have Superman that, that appears in front of the public and gives speeches and things. You got Clark Kent. That's the fake, uh, fall down a clumsy dude and then there's Cal L which is who he really is. Yeah. So. But it, but anyway, I, I, I love I also Batman. disagree he's the only one because I, Batman is the real person, Bruce Wayne is the facade. There's yeah. there's no other way to look at it. This is my mask. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um I I you know, I, like you said, this is a whole other discussion. Um I I love the fact that Wonder Woman is you know, my wife and I were talking about this. She does not even bother to hide the fact there is no difference between Diana Prince and Wonder Woman. It's just a different outfit, mm-hmm. you know, and she is. Even more than anyone on Themyscira, she is this moral north. And I loved how this movie made her face that. And that she realized, and you know, and granted, you know, Steve helped her with it, but the fact that she realized that in order to save the world, she had to put herself second. And he helped her get there. And while it was very difficult, my wife was bawling her eyes out, and for once, I wasn't. Um, and there, there are many reasons for that. Not the, it's not the movie's fault. Um, but You're just happy I, she was single again. <laughs> <laughs> I I, did, I really appreciated how she made the hard choice, and then when she's running down the, the down the road afterwards, and just the dark side of the force just takes her over, and she launches herself into the air, and then she starts swinging from lightning, and she, it was just I I loved every minute of that. I really liked how they set up the whole Themyscira scene at the beginning to like. Don't take shortcuts. Hard work will get you to where you need to be. And the whole villain of the movie was all about taking shortcuts, whether it was Cheetah 
and I wish for this or or uh, Maxwell Lord's like I'm going to be number one. I just need this magical doomajigger to mm-hmm. to to get what I want. So they the villains took the shortcuts, and the hero won, and never took shortcuts. Yeah, DC D, DC has not learned from any of their mistakes of making their movies with more than one villain. Because they they've been doing yeah. it since I was a teenager. You know, says Spider Man three fans. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you got we gotta have more villains. We need we need all the villains in one movie. And then I have an announcement. I will not be in Spider Man three. I think that's a more <laughs> impressive <laughs> announcement than who will be in it at this point. Spider Man three. I'm sorry. I'm uh, <laughs> Mighty Mouse, Banana Man, and uh, Danger Mouse have all agreed to be in Spider Man three. So, <laughs> I, I I have to say, I'd be in for Banana Man. We're running up on on almost out of time. Yeah, my wife is the Wonder Woman fan. We watched this movie. We watched the end of it this afternoon. I literally gasped when Linda Carter turned around. Yeah, that was great. That was a great. I know uh, that cameo. that's not Diana. That's pretty clear that it's not going to be Diana. I had no idea who to expect, and when I saw her, I. I literally gasped, my mom, and my wife went, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, surely they're not setting her up to be in the in the next movie, just because, I mean, even though she was that warrior woman that she was talking about uh, earlier in the movie and all that. So, uh, anyway, all right. That's uh, that's pretty much it. I just, I, I wanted to jump on and talk, talk about this movie while it was still uh, fresh on everybody's mind because it just came out as we're recording this it came out yesterday so um rick thanks for being here thank you brandon thank you for joining us thank you and scott thank you for being here as well that transporter playset that i showed you guys it's still in the original package <laughs> never don't open been it. unwrapped don't, don't open it. it open it and play with it actually do um, do do John, thank you for being in the peanut gallery. I appreciate that. Um, and uh, that's going to pretty much do it. We will see you uh, and talk to you in 2021. Uh, until then, bye-bye.